Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver. Lee Horton. Today, I get the opportunity to speak to the closest thing to royalty. A lord, please, all be upstanding for Lord Simon Jacobs. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I have the amazing, amazing pleasure of chatting with Lord Simon Jacobs. How are you, Lord Simon? Hi, Lee. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Absolutely. Oh, no, honestly, it's, uh, it's not often I get the opportunity to speak to royalty. And uh, and today I have. So for those people who don't know who Lord Simon is, who is he and how has he got to sit in that seat today? Yeah, of course. Be honoured to do a bit of an intro to Lord Simon Jacobs. So um, I, I am a Mancunian, born and bred. Um, I'm 28 years old. I am currently living in Manchester, but I think the the important question is probably about the lordship. Yes. Um, so um, I'll give yeah. you a bit of intro to that. So <laughs> a long story short, when I was about 16, I was surrounded by all my friends who were looking for um their next route to probably university courses etc and me being me i quite liked a loophole and the way around things and i started to look online for um ways to get a university degree without actually going to university um and uh came across quite a few different things you could get a, a university degree from kazakhstan for about five grand you could get a phd um, you can get an honorary doctorate, all of which were far beyond my financial reach. But after a bit of searching, I found that actually you can buy a lordship. Um, so apologies to anyone listening who thought that they were listening to um, someone from the House of Lords. That's not the case tonight. Um, I have, in fact, bought myself a lordship. Um, and for anyone wondering, you can still buy them online. Basically, basically what the premise is, um, back in the 1700s or something along those lines, um, there was a thing called Lord of the Manor. And if you owned a big manor house, you were effectively Lord of the Manor. And some innovative individuals um, saw this and thought, okay, well, we'll buy some land that used to be a manor land and sell it by the square foot and offer people a chance to become a Lord. And that's exactly what I've done. And I've had some really good fun along the way with it. Yeah, I bet you have. I bet you have. That is, it is, it's well exciting. Now, when I was contemplating your introduction today, I wasn't sure whether to introduce you as Lord Simon or professional weirdo Simon, because that's that's two amazing um, potential or two amazing names that you've got there. Um, professional weirdo Simon and Lord Simon. So if we just talk about professional <laughs> weirdo Simon. What's all that about? Sure. So long story short, again, professional weirdos is a creativity training company. And I came up with that on the back of an experience working in a corporate job. Um, I'd, had, I'd had other experience prior to that, but um, I I was hired on the basis of being an individual on the basis of having weird and wonderful ideas effectively and eventually got promoted and subsequently kind of was told that my weird and wonderfulness was no longer really wanted in that role, that corporate role, which I thought was a shame, um, but I thought it was a one-off. Um, but when I left the company and I started having chats with other people, I recognized that it's the same for everyone in, in pretty much all jobs. You get hired for your experience, you get hired for your creativity, you get hired for your outside views. And then about three months down the line, that gets lost. 
And so I wanted to create a company that helped those individuals in terms of keep true to themselves, re remain having that creativity, but also on the company side, that culture piece. Um, so they, those two marry up together. So for both, for both parties, you know, the employees are motivated, they bring new ideas, but also for the company, there's innovation, there's motivation and there's efficiency. Okay, so what is a professional weirdo? Very good question. So I have two meanings of professional weirdo. So there are weirdos who do things professionally, and then there are professionals who are weird. So let me break that down a bit more in a bit more detail. So, for example, after I left the corporate job, I had a bit of time to myself to go and explore London. And I came across a thing called the London Loo Tour, which is a tour of all the public toilets around London. Yeah. Um, yes, it really exists. And yes, I really did it. And um, there was this fantastic lady who ran the tour. It was actually really interesting, regardless of it being silly. Um, but that was kind of a eureka moment for me. She was making money. I'd paid for a ticket to go to see this thing. And she was doing it consistently. Whether or not she was making a full-time living, I don't know. But she was definitely making an income. Um, and so she is a weirdo that is doing something as a profession. So she's a yeah. professional weirdo. And then there are people who are weird, in inverted commas, people who do things differently in a quote-unquote professional setting, i.e. a corporate setting. So when I was in my corporate role, I'd class myself as a professional weirdo. So it's people in the, in the organization that you spot that do things a bit differently. Um, they are professional weirdos. And then there's me, who's kind of a professional weirdo squared now. Yeah, love it, love <laughs> it, love it. So what do you do with these professional weirdos? Do you, do you round them up? Do you, um, do you, what, what, yeah, what is, what is it you do with them? So if you are a lord of professional weirdos and you are meeting weirdos who are professional um, at various different times, but what is it you do with them? Yeah, uh, really good question. Thank you for that, Lee. So um, there's, a, there's a few different answers. So for example, the, <laughs> the weirdos who do things weird for their profession that's more of a case of helping them build that build that build that uh, business i suppose so we've got a facebook group called professional weirdos where it's typically filled with self-employed people who have their own businesses um you know they've used their own hobbies there are people you know there's like the cos cosplay queen as she calls herself she basically decks out the whole of um the whole of comic con um so she's a she's a professional weirdo in that sense yeah. so the facebook group is kind of a networking a networking place um but also to help them with their confidence creativity and maintain that and then on the other side on the corporate side it's about going in and doing workshops with them so we take we take people um in corporate roles through workshops so from them being sort of stuck in the mud a bit bored perhaps lost motivation um and lost that that excitement of going into the work that they used to have. Um, so we reconnect them with that through activities, discussions, et cetera. And slowly but surely through about, we've got about 12 steps. We take them from there to being confident in their creativity um, getting them to explore again. And then ultimately being good at taking feedback. That's a really important part of being creative. If you put stuff out there, you have to be ready to have feedback and ultimately how to utilize your creativity as well. That's a really important step that a lot of creativity training doesn't do that I've experienced. They treat, they train you how to be creative, but then ultimately they don't tell you how to sell it into a business or to someone. And so that's a really important step that that, that is kind of the definition of professional weirdos. It's all well and good being a weirdo, but if you're unable to turn it into the professional side of things, it can go a bit wasted. Yeah. So that's so that's what professional weirdo has been doing up until sort of COVID hit. Yeah, got you. So we'll we'll talk about post COVID or, or during yeah. COVID in a minute, and and how you've pivoted and, and dealt with that. But how how does somebody be more creative, or if somebody has got that creative um, 
how do they, how do you get it out of them? How can they express themselves? What are some options that are available to them? Uh, so, uh, so, first of all, I'll just say for anyone listening um, that are uh, shaking their head and going, "I'm not a creative." Um, I would first of all say that that's not the case. And, you know, you'll be listening to this and going, ah, I've heard that before. I've heard, you know, people say that everyone's creative, but it is, that is, it is a fact. You can't argue that people are on creative. Sure. There are people who do more stereotypically creative things, but fundamentally being human means that you are creative. Whenever a problem arises, looking for that solution is part of creativity. So when you were a kid, you were creative, just, it might've, might've been there. Uh, by, might have been muted as you've grown up. So that's the first thing that I'll say, that you are creative. There's nothing that you can say um, to, to, to persuade me otherwise. Yeah. Um, so in order to get people to be more creative and to unleash that creativity, there's a few things that you can do. And it's, it's a case of re-inspiring that creativity, showing them again that there's that. So um, first of all, it's like taking small steps with things. So try and remember the things that you used to like doing when you were younger, or, you know, it might, it might've been last year that you were doing cool stuff and you've slowly forgotten about it. So it's reconnecting with that thing. So whether it's, whether it's knitting, whether it's playing football, whether it's, you know, writing film reviews, whatever it is that you are enthusiastic about, it's reconnecting with that um, and, and joining in that creativity. Then there's a case of exploring. So if, for example, you're a bit stuck in the mud and you don't know what to do, like as a first part of call, the first thing that I always recommend is someone is go for a walk and not just a walk, um, do things slightly differently. So for example, don't take your phone out with you. That's a big daunting thing to do, but how oft, how many times are you not taking your phone with you for a walk? So rare. Um, yeah. And that's going to be a completely different experience. You're going to spot so many different things. Next is look up. So if you've not got your phone, it means you're not going to be looking down at the street. Have a look beyond your eye line. You never know what you're going to spot. Um, and third, get lost. <laughs> so uh, another really cool thing to do to get your mind whirring and get your mind into a creative sense is to go find something that you haven't seen before. You know, so whether whether you've, I, it's hard to do um, if you're listening now during the corona um, crisis, but um, if you've walked past a shop a million and one times and haven't gone in and said, oh, I'll go in there one day, actually go in there. You know, do something slightly different. And that's kind of the first step that we take people through is taking those small incremental steps in order to reconnect with that explorative nature, reconnect with that creativity. So there's not one, one size fits all, but there are a few things that you can do to nudge yourself into that mindset at least. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I was talking to somebody just the other week and, and they were saying, uh, it was we were talking about um, forming habits and creating new habits. And they said, the thing that you've got to do really is do stuff, try um make yourself feel uncomfortable very similar to yourself so like uh, in the morning brush your teeth with the opposite hands than you would ordinarily brush your teeth with because you're then playing with your brain and you and you're you're making it think and just stretching yep. yourself so they also said start small and and then so no so i, I love that i love that yep. so that, you said this you've got 12 steps did you yep. say you've got 12 steps yeah what's the what's the most difficult step or what's the most um challenging step that you find for people I don't want all twelve steps. Ooh. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna break all twelve steps down and uh, and share that. But yeah, what is the most difficult step? <laughs> it, it, it does tend to be the earlier steps that tend to be the hardest because at that point, and that's not because they are the hardest. It's just that the, the people are sort of more stuck at that point. Once you release them, the things become easier. Yeah. Um, and I would say the hardest early step is what I call challenging the status quo. So. Um, I think that uh, as far as I can remember, this is top of my head, the, the third step is challenging the status quo. So that's a case of getting people to 
look around their environments, look around what they're currently going through, look around um, their space and challenging things that aren't quite right. Um, and that's difficult because you walk through life with blinkers on um, and until you're woken up to those things. And that's why like taking that walk and waking your mind up to different things is such a good step. Um, but actually waking your mind up to that is a, is a challenge. And then realizing these things aren't quite right and challenging that, that status quo is difficult. So one example I have is um, during one of the workshops, where we were talking about challenging, challenging the status quo. And people thought about these grandiose things about things that they could change in the company. And that's all great. You know, I'm not going to deny that that's, that's, that that's a good thing to do, but you have to start small. And we were talking about these tiny little things that people that, that annoy people. And um, someone said, well, I've got a fire extinguisher that's bolted to the inside of my desk that I knock my leg on every morning. And um, I said, why haven't you moved it? And you sort of saw, saw his eyes light up and go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. And uh, he, he unscrewed it and put it, put it further behind the desk, uh, whether or not that was protocol or whether, you know, he should have asked a million one different people whether he can move it. He didn't, he moved it like three inches, you know, yeah. so he didn't hit his leg. But that, that, that really changed, it fundamentally changed his day, not knocking his leg on that. So that's the kind of thing. So I would say that that is the hardest because it's early on and it's difficult to get people into that mindset of spotting those things that they need to challenge. Got you. Got you. So if somebody's listening now, um, then so you, you're making me think, actually. So I'm, I'm contemplating whether I am a um, which which of the two definitions of professional weirdo I fit into most. But um, yeah. if somebody is of creative by nature, how do you help them to be able to make it professional, to be able to sell the um, art, creativity, the difference? Uh, so the the term professional is a is a difficult one when when most people hear and I, i'm stereotyping here but when most people hear the term professional they think suit tie gray um they think you know it has to fit the corporates the corporate thing but actually in my in my mind at least professional means a few things it means being timely it means being honest it means being polite you know all, all the all the sorts of things that you would expect people to be in a in a professional setting none of which mean boring. So, um, so that's what, that's what we mean about professional weirdo. So let's say for example, you, um, paint for a living. It doesn't matter what it is you're painting. doesn't matter what, you know, equipment you use, whether you're painting in, in oils or, or blood. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's more of a case of turning that into a profession of some form. So how, how do you turn that into something that you can sell? And so it's, it's about all those things. It's about, um, reaching out, understanding how to approach people. So understanding understanding your market. So, you know, let, let, let's stay on the example of painting with blood because it's a really weird one. Um, you probably wouldn't reach out to a bunch of account, uh, you know, an accountancy firm um, and try to sell them on LinkedIn, for example. That's not the right way. Yeah. Um, it's find the right professional angle to go in with that. So it, it, it's, it, it isn't one size fits all that I could say that there's a system to become professional in, in your weirdness. But it's about having that conversation about finding your market and being professional about your weirdness um, and, and tailoring it to, to your market, basically. So having having thought alongside the weirdness as opposed to just putting it out there and hoping something something sticks. Yeah. Yeah. No, completely. I love, yeah, completely. I love that. It resonates a lot because what I found is in my career so far, I believe I've had a most random journey to get to where I've got to. Um, so as we spoke about uh, just the other day, I DJed for 18 months dressed as a monkey. 
Um, I've been an internet marketer. So for 15, 15, 16 years, I've done business improvement. But then alongside business improvement, I've DJed, I've had a bouncy castle business, I've been a balloon modeler, I've done <laughs> internet marketing, I've created websites, I have yeah. ri- written children's books, and my sixth one is about to uh, be published uh, in two weeks' time. So all of these random oh. things. But what I've really, what I've not done is, is I've done them, all of those other things, and, and made a little bits of money with uh, to varying yeah. degrees of success. Um, yeah. When I when I look back now, the the exciting thing about it is I've learned something at every single step as well. Yeah. So it's been a huge learning process, and I've kind of had to embrace my weirdness or creativity um, to do that. But each yeah. different different things have generated different amounts of um, amounts of income for me um some of them have been successful and some of them haven't do yeah. you when you're helping people professionalize the weirdness um do you do it from a to try to help them do what they do consistently and, and to generate an income or just to to enjoy doing what they do or does it is it individual and situational yeah i would say it's individual and situational um you know I I like to have a personal relationship with the people that I that I speak to, um, and it's it, like I said before, it's not a system that, that I implement straight. You know, there isn't there isn't that one size fits all. Um, so it's it's understanding that person. So you know, for example, if 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 someone is desperate to make loads of money out of it, then that's then that's a goal we talk about, and we talk about how best to make that how to make that possible. Um, I would probably try and steer them away from that goal um, because. There are certain there there are certain ceilings with certain things, um, yeah. but also then you have that conversation about okay, well if if money is your number one driver, what can we pivot? What can we change to help that that become a reality? Um, and what what you tend to find as well is when when people do have these passions, whether they are weird in inverted commas or not, um, they do fundamentally just want to enjoy that, yeah. and they've got so much passion and talent that as long as they're making a decent living, whatever that means to them, and it's about helping them define that as well. Um, if they're able to do that, then you know having mansions, etc., isn't isn't always the outcome they look for. But also, I would say that what I found when I've when I have spoken to successful people in inverted commas again, however you want to define success, yeah. it most of the time it does come from a passion, and so I think that's important. So that's that's the first place to start. Yeah, agree, agree completely. I think because everybody is different, and about them always being themselves is is an understanding that actually that you might. DJ dressed as a monkey, but you might absolutely love that as opposed to being an accountant nine to five, just stereotyping a little. You you yeah. you've got to do follow your passion, and that's where your energy and creativity comes from. So if we just go to your um your community of um of weird weirdos at the minute, it, a yeah. lot lockdown hit. Um, how how was how has the community dealt with not being able to maybe express themselves? And then we'll talk about how you've been able to to pivot. Yeah, great. So, um, so the majority of people in the group, as I said before, are like self-employed. Um, and what I'm really pleased about the group, um, and it's in it, I don't think it's of any reflection to me. It's just that the group is a positive group, and I'm always seeing positivity in, in it from people. So. They have a mind, they, I, I, and you know, I'm I'm saying they have a professional widow's mindset, and I always think that's positive. Um, that's a positive mindset. But whether they'd say it's a professional widow's mindset or just their own positive mindset, I don't know. Um, but to answer your question, I've just seen people going, okay, well, this is a new thing that we're trying. This is a new thing we're doing. 
um, were pivoting this way. I mean, there's one guy in particular that, that posts quite regularly. He's a magician. And um, obviously, a lot of his stuff has been shut down because of because of Corona and stuff. So, I mean, he was one of the first people that I saw doing magic over Zoom. First of all, he was very yeah. quick to pivot onto that. But more recently, he's um, he's doing puppet shows, so he's 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 uh, pivoted in that way. And um, <laughs> my favorite thing, um, he's buying old. This, and this is a complete tangent. Um, he's buying old doll houses. And pimping them out, um, so so that you know that they're now a bit more unisex. He's making them like rave houses and things, and selling them and making quite a lot of money off of it. And I just thought wow. that was, and he was just doing that because it was cool and it excited him. It was something that he always wished that he had. Yeah. Um, I, and so he's kind of like my metaphor for the group in the sense that a lot of people have been doing similar things. You know, they've been they've been engaging in their passions and seeing what comes from it. And I think that's part of professional weirdos. It's pro- it's part of going and finding those passions um, and seeing what comes of it. Not, not because you want to make loads of money from it. I'm sure that can be an outcome, but just going and dabbling and seeing what happens. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's tended to be the result um, in the community at least. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And, and how have you found it and what have you done or, or what's, what's, what's happening with professional weirdos at this time? Yeah, I've, <laughs> it, it's not going to sound great, but I've honestly, I've really enjoyed it. Um, in the sense of, of and, and let me preface that with saying that I, I, I think it's just unbelievably tragic how many people have died from it, you know, and in no way, shape or form do I want to dilute that. Um, yeah. But in direct response to your question, you know, I've personally sort of embraced it. Um, I'm, I'm of a mindset now, at least, of I always see opportunities in things. Um and I'm not one that would complain, and I, you know, I like to try and um, I like to try and breed that in other people as well as much as possible. Um, so as soon as as soon as lockdown happened, I was almost excited. I was excited for the sense that um, I get to work from home. Excited in the sense that other people would be opening up to this way of thinking, um, and excited for opportunities kind of came. And something that I've been something that I've been pushing with professional weirdos is just a different way of thinking about things, and that's a general kind of buzzword kind of phrase, but it's something that I've been pushing for quite a while. And so when something like a pandemic comes around and does actually literally physically force people to think about things differently, it's been exciting for me. Um, and so it's kind of been I've been waiting for this wave to happen, and then all of a sudden this thing has come, you know, come and uh, washed ashore, which is quite exciting. So. Uh, so yes, professional weirdos is kind of in the zeitgeist now, I suppose. Yeah. So what what are you doing different? What are you doing? So if we look at the th- if we look at your uh, the two things that you mentioned before, your uh, your community, but then also your twelve steps to being more creative. Yeah. Um, what else have you got? So something that I was looking at for quite a while was <clears throat> was how do I bring creativity opportunities to people? So I talk about it in one of the steps is about exploring. Um, and that's a really key part in terms of creativity. You know, creativity is fundamentally bringing two pre-existing ideas together to form a new one. Um, and without the stimulus, to, without the stimulus, you can't do that. And so I was always looking for opportunities to bring these weird and wonderful experiences to people. Um, and then when lockdown came and people started working remotely and um, people were excited about it as a concept, um, I was churning this idea. And then slowly but surely, I found out that more and more people, whilst they liked the concept, were struggling to work from home, partly because they were they they missed their interaction with their colleagues. They missed the opportunity to go out and do weird and wonderful things. Um, and also, the hours kind of blur. 
So you, you might be working nine to five, but you don't take a break. You start from your computer and also you can go back to your computer whenever you want. And the reality is companies aren't really monitoring it. They don't really care whether you take a break or not, I think, a lot of the time. Um, and so what I've created is a thing called Professional Widows Lunchbox. Um, and that's where companies can have opportunity to bring their teams from about 10 to about 30 people um, for an hour at a time and choose some weird and wonderful activities to be facilitated for them. So things like virtual art museum tours. So I'm arranging for art, art experts to do virtual tours of art museums. Um, so I, I, for one, you know, I've never been an art connoisseur, but I know that I've been to two art museums and had some incredible, incredible tours and taken so much out of it from these people's insights and showing me what these, what these pieces of art really mean. Um, and it meant so much more to me and it got my mind whirring. And so I thought, well, how can we bring that in a virtual sense? Um, and so that, that's, one, that's one activity. Um, there's team activities to do um, in the house. Um, they're we're trying to arrange some old age home networking. So we'll try and look, um, link up to some old age homes. And that's good for, for both sides of the coin. It's good for the, for the older people get a chance to socialize. And it's good for the business people as well who get to talk to people from a different generation and think about things in a different way. Um, and so there's a whole raft of um, activities and things that we're pulling together that companies can tap into. Um, just so they can, you know, make sure that their employees are taking a break quite literally for an hour. They're taking their mind off of work. It's good for social interaction. As I said, you can have team interaction. Um, and also it's great for creativity, you know, to, to do something that isn't work for an hour. Um, the amount of times that I stared at a screen blankly, hoping that the, the problem would solve itself. Yeah. It doesn't happen. You need to take yourself away for a bit. So those three things are kind of kind of answered there. And of course, there's the mental health side of things as well. Um, you know, smiling is so powerful and having a break and all that. So those those kind of things are what we do with, with Professional Waiters Lunchbox. I love that. So is it is it a, a combination of activities like the um, the virtual art gallery tour and, and stuff like that and and things that they'll get an output from? Or is it yeah, so is it is it one or the other, or is it both of those things? Yeah, so it's so we're we're trying to um, find the right balance um, in terms of that. So whether whether companies go come to us and go, okay, well we're looking for something for the team, for something fun for the team to do. At which point we can go, okay, well here's a list of op- options. And at that point, you know, they're not looking for a specific outcome; they're just looking for some fun, which is fine. Um, then perhaps companies are looking for something to generate creativity in different different ways of doing things. And then we can have a discussion with them what what best, you know, activities would work for that. Um, and then there's a longer piece, which is more about like the team cohesion, the culture and stuff. And that's when they that's when we just roll out the red carpet and we do some random things, you know, as and when every week they'd have someone that have a new facilitator come in. Um, in terms of the in terms of the activities and the tours and stuff, it would be it would be whatever suits the business best. Um, and we can we can make it we can make it fit whatever the company kind of wants. You know, yeah. we can we can find things that work best. And I actually had a very interesting conversation with someone just before, and we were saying, you know, we can have a whole list of these facilitates and activities, and we will. Um, but actually, what's really exciting to us is for a company to go right. We want to have this outcome. What can you produce for us? They'll do that. And then we can go away and just create something crazy. Um, yeah. So maybe, you know, there's so many different options and things and we can co-create as well. Um, so that's that's what's really exciting about it for me. Yeah, amazing. So if, so if people wanted to know more about professional weirdos and, and the, the things that you've spoke about today, um, yeah. where could they go? What would they do? How would they go about it? Yeah, so there's a few ways to get in contact with myself and find out more about the business. So 
first and foremost, um, they can contact me, contact me via email and it's simon at professionalweirdos.co.uk. Um, I answer pretty much every email that comes through in my inbox, even the spam, because I enjoy that. Um, <laughs> then then the, two, the two of the places that you can get in contact with me very easily is Facebook. So I'm Simon Jacobs on there. Um, you can join the Facebook group, Professional Weirdos. Um, it's welcome to everyone and anyone. Um, and then LinkedIn is my is actually my favorite platform at the moment. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. It's ripe for for fresh. It is ripe for professional weirdoism. Um, you know, it, it is a bit of a stale platform. So any chance that I can do to make a bit of a fuss, I will. Um, you know, I answer. I, I'm currently going through all my contacts and and having conversations with them. So come and contact me there. Um, and then of course you can have a look at the website, which is um, professionalweirdos.co.uk. Um, and yeah, th- those those are the best ways to get in, in touch with me. And I really look forward to hearing from people, whether it's whether it's feedback, whether it's you know asking how we can work together, whatever it is, you know, get in touch. Amazing, amazing. So, quick, uh, a couple more questions actually. Um, yeah. Would you would you rather have an awesome talent and never get recognised for it, or become famous for doing something stupid? <laughs> oh, that's a very good question. Thank you. I've saved the best ones for last. <laughs> that's a very good question. I think I, I'm I'm not that bothered about fame per se, but um, getting acknowledgement for having made an impact at least, I think I would probably lean towards. Um, uh, you you use the word stupid, and I'm I'm taking my own definition of that. Um, yeah. And I, I you know I, as with as with everything in my life, I, as long as there's a story that I can tell with it. Um, I think it's a good outcome. So I would probably go with that one. Um, something stupid and 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 become famous for it, with less with less focus on the fame side of things, more on the acknowledgement of this uh, of, of embracing it. I suppose. Yeah, love it, love it. And what does a professional weirdo ask for his tea? Oh, um, what do we have this tea? I, I actually don't know what's on the menu tonight. I don't know what I've got planned. Probably some potato waffles um, or some potato smileys. I love a potato smiley. Oh, yeah, strong chair. Um, yeah, definitely. Something something potato based probably. And um I am quite partial to a bit of salmon as well. Um probably probably not the weirdest answer um that you'd probably expect. But actually, you know, what uh, what I do like to do is 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 learn how to do new things and that's part of being a professional weirdo. So I I have never cooked a piece of salmon the same way twice. Oh wow. Um I've always I've always YouTubed a different recipe or a different way of doing things. Um, so I suppose that's an answer. You know, always always try a different thing. Um, yeah. Some, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It's more more often than you lose, but it's always edible. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, really exciting. So smiley faces and salmon is what I've understood is what you're pretty much going to have later. Yeah, I, I think I think that is going to be the case. Definitely, I have got a couple of salmon fillets. So I think that's uh, that's going to be the one. I'll probably send I'll send you a picture when it's done. Yeah. No, fantastic. I look forward to that. Um, so. <laughs> We're, we're fast approaching Christmas, aren't we? And um, professional weirdos, lunchboxes, um, there seems to be, in in my head now, I've got going, Christmas parties are going to be different this year. Christmas parties are going to be different this year. Do you have anything planned? And maybe I should have asked you before I hit record, before, it might be an unfair question. Um, but do you have anything um, in the offing for professional weirdo Christmas parties? Because I think they are going to be different this year. Um, mm. people would have already booked restaurants in their favourite city already, yeah. but they're not going to be able to do that now, or they're going to be waiting really late. So, is that an op- is it an opportunity you've explored? And if so, what is that opportunity, and what you what are you doing and offering for it? Yeah, uh, well, the the honest answer is that no, <laughs> um, 
not not really put that much thought into it, which I which I suppose is is poor business planning. Um, but that's that's because the professional winners lunchbox is a relatively new idea. Yeah. Um, but I think we I think we talked about it actually when we first spoke, and it is something that I'm definitely ruminating on. Um, and I think really the, the the honest answer is that a lot of the stuff that we've we've got in the offing anyway, the the facilitate the facilitators, the activities, etc., can just be pivoted with a nice Christmas touch. Absolutely. So if if um, if as a first instance companies want to experience a bit of professional weirdoness um, before the new year um, and are looking for something a bit different to do for their Christmas, um, get in touch and we you know we can tailor something to. Uh, to work for your Christmas uh, party, you know, because you, unfortunately we're not going to be able to do the, the normal getting drunk and uh, having a bunch of fun. So instead, why don't we do it? Uh, why don't we do something a bit more interactive? You know, have a bit of fun on Zoom. So yeah, Christmas, uh, Professional Widows Christmas is, is definitely going to be something that we'll, we'll be looking towards doing. Yeah, good, 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 good. Cause I, I might uh, I might give you a bell about that, actually. I've got ideas in, in me head of uh, what I want to do for our Christmas party. So it's... Uh, I'd love it to include a professional weirdo or two. <laughs> um, so I guess, so what, what's next for you, Lord Simon? What's next for you? What's next? Um, it's growing the business. Um, you know, what, what, what I've reckoned, and, you know, a lot of people talk about growth um, in business. And, you know, I, I'm not so bothered about the, the growth of the business in terms of the financial side of things. Of course, you know, it'd be great to be great to have a bit more money. Um, but it, but genuinely it is being able to spread joy um, in the sense that we have got this bit of a cloud over us. You know, I don't know when people are listening to it, but um, in the news, at least there's, there's talk of a vaccine. So perhaps there's a bit of a silver lining on its way. Um, but, you know, I think, I think the world has changed. I think remote working is going to become more prevalent at least. Um, and so if I can help that transition, if the company can help foster that culture, um, wherever it is, you know, I was talking to someone in Australia the, the other day, the opportunity is endless with this stuff. Um, so to be, be international or professional weirdos would be, a, would be a dream of mine, um, yeah. would be something that I'm pushing for. And for people to be able to say, I am a professional weirdo. I want the term professional weirdo kind of taken away from me. I want yeah. people to use it as a defining, defining tool, defining hashtag, so, like reclaim the word weirdo. Um, and so, so to answer your question, I suppose what what would be next is is looking how we can expand and get that message out there as much as possible. Are there different levels of professional weirdos, and is that is that is that something that you see happening where you can get you can become a certified weirdo? Yeah. So um, if if a company takes on the twelve step challenge, this, I call it the challenge twelve step course. At the end of that, people are people do become certified professional weirdos. Um, and actually, something that I started off in the early days, I've got some um, B shares in the company set up so that they can have a bit of a share in the company. It's not worth of any any real monetary value other than they can actually say, um, as well as having a certificate, they do actually own a bit of professional weirdos and therefore they are a certified professional weirdo. Um, so that might be something that we'll be bringing be bring back as well. Um, there are no there are no specific levels at the moment. Perhaps we can have like black belt professional weirdos or something. Yeah. Um, something to think about for the future, definitely. Amazing, amazing. No, I absolutely love what you do. I think I think fun, laughter, enjoyment, being yourself, embracing that, and just really making, just standing out of being the best you you can be. I think it's so important. Um, why is it important to you? Oh, it's uh, it's important to me specifically because I know what the other side looks like. Um, I know the disappointment of waking up in the morning and being like, 
I don't want to do this again. Um, of knowing that there's more, knowing that you have more potential, knowing that you have more to give, um, knowing that you have those ideas and you're sat there thinking, oh, I wish I wish I had the confidence to, to speak up and say this or share it. So that's one part of it. You know, I know my from my own experience that it's so important. Um, but also, um, into into like if we're talking about companies, you know, people get people get hired, and you hire people because of their experience, because of their creativity, because of their personality. And if that's lost, it's such a waste of energy. It's such a waste of time. Um, so if you want to talk about um, return on investment in particulars, it, there is nothing much more. There's nothing better to invest in in getting people to to be able to unleash that. Um, and finally, my last point on on this is that you know 10 20 years from now um ai will have taken over in the sense of all the jobs that you could imagine you know whether it be a lawyer or a doctor the the un- until you get to the very high levels human intelligence won't be needed anymore um so it's the element of human personality and human creativity that will remain the important bit helping people to to even think about the future as well so that's why i want to sort of step into the education world as well and help kids recognize that you know the, the most the most valuable thing that you can be is adaptable and creative for the future. We don't even know what the jobs are going to look like in 20 years time. They'll be so vastly different. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So, so powerful and resonates so strongly with me. So thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for, uh, for chatting with me again, just one more time. Where can people get hold of you? Yeah. So thanks Lee. Yeah. The, 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 be- the best place to get, get me is Simon at professional That's my email address. Um, and then Lord Simon Jacobs on LinkedIn. Um, I will, I will respond very, very quickly on that. Um, I love a good ping and uh, especially yeah. if someone, especially if someone there uh, mentions Lee or this podcast, I'll be very excited. <laughs> um, and, and you can also join the Facebook group professional weirdos. Um, yeah. And then www well, no one says www anymore, does it? That's so old hat. Just professionalwinners.co.uk. <laughs> yeah, you're showing, your, showing your age now, aren't you? Yeah, showing exactly. Christ. <laughs> yeah, no, amazing. Amazing. No, seriously, though, thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to have to tap into my inner creativity and and think of another excuse and way to uh, to have another conversation with you very soon. So that's what I'm going to go away and think while you make your smiley faces and salmon. But honestly, thanks very much. It's an absolute pleasure and the first time I've spoken to royalty on the podcast. So thank you, Lord Simon. Have an amazing evening. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the time. Absolutely. And uh, you never need an excuse to come to me, Lee. Yeah, oh, smooth. <laughs> Strong finish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.